0: NASA is among the first federal agencies to make the switch to continuous monitoring of IT systems from the triennial certification authentication process required under the Federal Information Security Management Act of 2002. Hello, I'm Eric Chabro of govinfosecurity.com and Information Security Media Group. Today, I'm happy to welcome back Jerry Davis, Deputy Chief Information Officer for Security at the National Aeronautics and Space Administration. Hi, Jerry. Hi, Eric. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. I don't want to get into the discussion of the pros and cons of FISMA requirements and real-time monitoring. I think it's accepted throughout the government IT community that FISMA served its purpose but is outdated. What I'd like to explore are the challenges you're facing in implementing continuous monitoring and its impact on NASA's IT and IT security organizations. We're speaking three weeks after you issued a memorandum announcing the move to continuous monitoring. What has happened within NASA's IT and IT security organizations since then?
1: Um, A lot has happened since then, as you can very well imagine. I think it started off with a little bit of concern internally throughout the the IT community because we had, in in a sense, had been more or less caught up in the old way of doing things and this is a change, and as you know, with most organizations, change is very, very difficult to impart on an organization. So we've been working through a lot of change management activities and really uh, getting around and, uh, and out and about to the constituencies that we serve as internal to NASA and the folks that are actually going to be helping us move forward with this move towards automated continuous monitoring. So there's been a, a real kind of communications activities going on and really what does continuous monitoring mean, what are the tools? What's the concept of operations look like? And what is the certification accreditation going to look like for NASA going forward after this year? So it's really been a lot of communications going on, a lot of presentations and posturing and, and, and getting ready to implement this pretty, what I consider, historic change.
0: In IT, nothing seems to come off as anticipated. Uh, since the announcement, what surprises have occurred as you entered this new way to uh, secure documents securing IT?
1: The biggest surprise that occurred was really the concern initially because we did not have a fully 100% fleshed out plan on exactly what activities were going to take place. It's funny that, that, you know, I thought putting the money back in the system owner's pockets by not having to pay for an independent third party to come to do a review. Would be something that was was very well welcome. But again, as I said, you know, I think some folks were concerned about the compliance aspects of it, and and moving away from the compliance aspect and uh, moving into uh, kind of a real time security activity. That concern surprised me a little bit. I mean, people are definitely willing to use their money for other things, but the, the surprise around a, a, initially a little bit of reluctance to move out of compliance was probably one of the big surprises but we're finding that the more that we communicate to people that that's changing very very rapidly as people really fully understand what we're doing going forward and, and that we have largely thought it through and that we believe that we have the tools and the capability to make it happen. We're uh, confident going forward at this point.
0: Where was this concern coming from? were there these people within the IT and IT security organizations were the people higher up in NASA's organization?
1: It's really the folks in the in the middle. The higher up in the organization had a, a series of prebriefs very early on, prior to me releasing the memo. I provided to the most senior executives in NASA my perception of what would take place after we issued the memo, what the different concerns may be. So they were. So the, the most senior management at NASA has been okay. I think some of the folks in the middle, because there's uncertainty as you move away from this third-party activity. And the third-party activity that we have been doing, you know, it takes a lot of manpower. It takes somebody to prepare the packages to make sure that the certification accreditation packages, the system security, package, all those things are updated. And when you, you talk about going to continuous monitoring where that's not such a big focus, I think some folks don't quite understand. It, it's, a lot of it came down to, well, what am I supposed to be doing next? So that were, was the problem of the concern that we had. It's really those people in the middle who actually, what I what I call, turn the screws and make things happen, were a little unsure what they were doing next. But as I said, as we start walking them through the concept of operations, they see that there's still a need for, for their skill set and the things that they have been doing. It's just uh, we're going to just use it in a little bit different fashion.
0: But what about the skills? I mean, for example, I would assume that certain skills that you need to comply with CNA through the traditional FISMA approach is different from the skills needed to do continuous monitoring. What does that impact on the staff? Are people worried about their jobs, or do you need to bring new people in? Yeah,
1: I think somebody, in fact, you know, you're definitely talking about a different skill set. We're moving to an area, number one, where it's more of an operations-type activity versus a compliance activity. And what we're doing, ultimately, is we're operationalizing compliance. There is a little bit more of a technical skill set that an organization will need, and and NASA is no different, is that we're going to need more people to use the skill set that they have or develop the skill set around technology and understanding what's taking place when I say vulnerability management and we look at particular vulnerabilities, it's going to take a little bit different skill set to really understand what those vulnerabilities are and how they impact security posture of the system and then ultimately the security posture of the agency as a whole. But you still need the other skill sets around risk management. We have to have a skill set that we really truly understand risk management and how to impart risk management across an organization. The other side of the technique Skill set are the tools, of the security controls that we'll be using to monitor security on a day-to-day basis, hour-by-hour basis. Those tools, there's a there's a little bit of a learning curve in um, understanding the tools. So it goes back to there's a technical skill set that has to rise to the top that we're going to be relying on on people to provide for us. But the folks who who do not have that skill set that are working in the areas around system security plan development, the packages that are required for certification and accreditation, that Skill set. We still need that skill set, but what we're going to do is we're going to automate a lot of those processes. And in automating that process, the the people who do not have that skill set, we're going to train them. We're setting up a a training activity for the new tools that we have. So folks should not be fearful that if they don't have the skill set, they have to go find a new job, because uh, it's my responsibility to make sure that we take the skill set that we have and that we repurpose them. And by repurposing them, uh, we're going to retrain them.
0: Obviously, a big issue, and not only in government but elsewhere, is the number of technical people who have IT security skills. And I'm wondering if this is going to require more technical knowledge. Are there sufficient people out there to make the shift to continuous monitoring?
1: I can speak for NASA. You know, I feel fairly confident that we have enough people. And I also feel confident that the one good thing about working at NASA is that you have a lot of people that have technical backgrounds. They may not necessarily be in IT, but they have technical backgrounds, maybe in engineering and sciences and things of that nature. Those people who may come off of other projects and come into the IT side of the house, those are folks that will assimilate very quickly, and we can train them very quickly. But we do know that outside of NASA, across the government, there is a very, very fairly broad shortage of people that have the, the proper, number one, IT skills and then IT security skills, technical skills, are in short supply and high demand. Internal, we feel confident that we do have a, enough people and where we may have gaps, we'll get the people that we need. And it's my responsibility, again, on that training side. I also own training for NASA, um, and we're going to be putting people through professionalization courses. So we'll train them here. We'll make sure that they have the right skill sets to do the job that we're asking them to do.
0: Would this shift to continuous monitoring require more or less the use of government contractors?
1: I think that could go either way. It really depends on the agency. For us, we don't really see a shift one way or the other. The tools and to manage the continuous monitoring, uh, we already have the tools in place. The same contract force that runs the tools today, even if we switch to a new version of a tool or a new tool altogether that does the same functionality, we're going to use the same contractors that we have and the same civil servants that, that we have. So we don't see a need one way or the other to move civil servants out or, you know, work with less civil servants or work with less contractors today. Everything seems to be, I, I can kind of knock on wood at this point, it seems to be kind of a, a zero-sum game. Everything seems to be to, to stay fairly uh, straight.
0: And that would also include the, the employees there, too?
1: Right, absolutely, the civil service, it would, it would include the same. Now, we may repurpose some folks, again, where we may have, have gaps. Centers may, as we go with the different NASA centers, they may find that they have to repurpose someone who was on maybe one particular function in CNA. They may have to repurpose them to do another aspect as these tools come online and, and are integrated. They may find a shifting, but we don't anticipate a real downturn from uh, going to an automated solution.
0: What new tools are needed to go to continuous monitoring?
1: That's a very good question. And the good thing is that we have very, very good guidance initially from this, from the Special Publication 837. It's very detailed about continuous monitoring and the whole risk management framework. So to determine what tools that we need, the first thing we had to do was a a fairly comprehensive uh, risk assessment of NASA uh, information security. From that risk assessment, what we learned was what are the absolute threats that we're dealing with, what are our assets look like, and what are those vulnerabilities look like that are being exploited. From there, we were able to select the proper security controls that are mapped to uh, NIST uh, 853, And then from those controls, we are able to select the proper tools to monitor those controls. Some of the key things that we're looking at, the tools, are in the area of patch management. We also are looking at tools or expanding the use of tools in the area of vulnerability management. We're expanding the use of tools for inventory management. In other words, identifying what devices and information resources we have on the network and identifying information resources, new ones, as they come to life on the network, we can identify those. Tools that help us with federal desktop core configuration, which is actually, I believe, was changed to USG-CB, United States Government Configuration Baseline. Tools that help us in that area as well. And then we use a number of internal infrastructure tools and services that were already in the environment, things like Active Directory, IP address management, which also helps us with inventories and things of that nature. So a lot of those tools that I've just mentioned are tools that most agencies already use. The key is bringing the information that those tools produce all together in a more or less a single database to tell you about the security posture of your systems, and then we can use those tools very, very frequently, whether it's daily or hourly or weekly, to continuously monitor the security controls that we put in place based on the assessment of risk.
0: This shift over from traditional FISMA to the continuous monitoring, where are you in the process, and how long of a process is this?
1: So where we are today in the process is we're finalizing the concept of operations. We have most of the tools Let's say, just for numbers game, eight out of the ten tools are already deployed. We are going with some new tools, the tools that we've had in the past. We've, they've reached the end of life. We're, we've been re- looking at replacing those tools for the last year. We're looking at the next six months or so or sooner where we'll actually start producing real-time monitoring of the environment with a dashboard view that tells us what the state of a particular system security posture is in and from That stage, six to eight months from now, at the maximum, will be producing uh, risk scorecards for all of the NASA centers. And those risk scorecards will have a drill-down capability that will let a a center know why they have a a particular score for their center. They can drill down to a a single system. Uh, Let's say if they got a C for the week, and they can drill down and see why they got to see. It may be because there's a particular system that needs a critical patch. Our policy says you got to patch it in X number of days. It is now going past those number of days, and that has brought their score down. And then they have the opportunity to bring their scores up by applying those patches. So we're at the point now where most of the tools are deployed. We're going to finish up the concept of operations. We're going to get our folks trained on the concept of operations, and in the next six months or so, we'll start producing those scorecards real time and start managing risk from that perspective.
0: Are the scorecards automated, too, and it's all programmed to do the calculations and provide, to provide the score?
1: Absolutely. We, we work very closely with John Struford from State Department on the scorecards that they use and the, the mathematics behind that. We're working with our folks at Jet Propulsion Laboratory on, on the math side of it again. So it's all automated. got what, what I call middleware or this engine that does correlation. It takes all this information from the various tools and information about the systems and it crunches it and does some magic and out comes the, uh, the, uh, the score.
0: And you're convinced that this is going to make NASA systems far more secure than the old pisma process?
1: Yeah, we're convinced that what we'll be able to do is we'll be able to make security measurably better because we're designing and implementing the proper tools and monitoring those, those uh, security controls that are purely based on risk. And that, that risk is based on a pretty comprehensive risk assessment that we've been working on for, for a number of months.
0: Okay, you mentioned John Stryford, and of course, under his leadership at the State Department, uh, they moved to continuous monitoring uh, several years ago. I believe they said they saved $133 million by eliminating FISMA reporting requirements. What kind of savings do you expect at NASA?
1: It's kind of hard to say in terms of savings. We know what we spent roughly in 2007 to do independent third-party assessment. Now, some of that money, is not necessarily that you save it, but we've asked folks to repurpose some of that money to acquire continuous monitoring tools beyond perhaps what we provide at the agency level. So it's not so much that you've saved the money, but you've repurposed the money to really give you a better security posture. So it's not necessarily a savings, but a, a, a repurpose of the money. There may be minor savings here or there, but, again, the money's being repurposed from a risk management perspective and put that money back into continuous monitoring.
0: Anything gives you pause about this process?
1: Um, you know, no, not at all. It's always a little scary when you first step out there and do something that's a little, a little different and maybe against the grain. But the timing, I thought, was absolutely perfect with OMB coming out with their 2010 reporting instructions, with the heavy focus on continuous monitoring. I think the agency was ready for it. I think the, I think the federal government. Why? Uh, was absolutely ready to do this, and I think we just needed some, some folks to kind of step out there and say we're going to do this. So I'm extremely excited. The, the NASA CIO, Linda Curitan, she's excited. The administrator and deputy administrator, they're all excited. As long as
0: they're happy, I'm a happy camper as well. To fellow CISOs around the government, what kind of words of wisdom are you providing?
1: I'm providing words along the lines of you don't have to run out and buy a bunch of tools that more than likely the tools are already out in their organizations. They may not necessarily own those tools. Those tools may be owned by, let's say, network operations, and they need to partner and do what they need to do to get access to the data from those tools. They need to make sure that they do a very, very good risk assessment and truly understand what the risks are, and do a very good selection of security controls to mitigate that risk. And whatever monies that they potentially are going to not use for third-party assessments, to put that money to repurpose it for tools that they don't have where they may have gaps. That's the best advice I could give them.
0: Well, thanks, Jerry. Absolutely. Anytime. That's Jerry Davis, Deputy Chief Information Officer for Security at NASA. I'm Eric Chabro of GovInfoSecurity.com and Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.